Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello there, one and all. It's Richard and Linda Ayer on Ayers on the Road. It's the uh, kind of getting toward the end of January and we're broadcasting or narrowcasting or we're talking from Maui. We're going to be here for two full months. We call it a writing retreat, and that's really kind of what it is because we can get so much done here. We can get so much done here, and it's amazing. We can just talk to you from Hawaii, any of our kids. We, we just really need to remember to appreciate that. And our, our great producer, Josh Cloward, who is making this possible at BYU Radio. We really are so thrilled to be talking to you. And it is so beautiful here. And we hear that in Salt Lake City, where some of our kids are, it's pretty smoggy. I don't know at the time you'll hear this, whether or not that's true, but we are happy to be here. And again, we call it a writing retreat because we get a bunch of projects going usually. Here's our typical pattern during the year. We get an idea. We start writing about it. Then we get busy. We get another idea. We start writing about it. And then we get busy. We have several things that are partly done and we're trying to finish articles or a book or whatever, but life is crazy when you live right where you work and where your kids are and where you do a lot of stuff and have a lot to take care of. Yeah. And when you get over here and there's sort of, you know, you get up in the morning and you can decide what to do that day. And we try <laughs> to get all these projects done. That's been our pattern for the last three years to come here in January and February. And we're lucky enough to have the sweetest little house that our son Jonah built for us. We're partners with him on it. And when we're not here, he can rent it to someone else. And not to make you eat your hearts out or anything, but it's kind of perfect. <laughs> it is kind of perfect. But I woke up this morning thinking, oh, how can I possibly have a lot to do? But uh, you know, in the from because <laughs> that's how you are. Ten days ago, from ten days ago till <laughs> a, a month from now, we have fourteen birthdays. So that's no small deal. Um, I got to take care of that, and then I'm working on my projects or family history. I'm working on our travel log. You're working from on our biography. Thing. You're working on, and a we're doing other lots of um, books. We're stuff, trying to write so. more stuff to grandparents. By the way, that is a big deal, grandparents. We are discovering more and more, the more we speak and, and talk and listen and circulate, we, grandparenting is just, it's, it's a thing. It's an important thing. It is, you know, so many of us are going to be grandparents for 40 years or so and, and getting good at it and deciding how to do it and how to support your kids as parents. And it's just a big deal. And we're going to keep coming back to that periodically on Ayers on the Road. Today, though, uh, and you know, we know some of you anticipate this, and it's great. It's, it's a new thing for us. We call it three-letter lessons because it occurred to us. I remember it was on a plane that we first started thinking about this. Do you, do you guys get ideas on planes? Um, <laughs> some people say they get their ideas in the shower or, you know, while they're running or whatever, and I'm sure all those are good, but for some reason... We get a lot of ideas on airplanes. <laughs> Maybe well, we're either. so far up, we can't see clearly. So oh, we just wow, don't. or we have that moment of, 
of great kind of silence where nobody can call us or ask us to do anything. I love planes for that reason, because you well, do what you want to do. And speaking of planes, we we got a lot of ideas. Well, I don't know if we got ideas or just got inspiration on the helicopter on Kauai. That was a little bit of heaven. That was really heaven. We mentioned that last time. Oh, that we did. Really, That's right. Yeah. We did. Anyway, so the three-letter lesson idea for those of you that weren't in, we've done this. Will be the fourth one, and those of you that haven't heard the other three can sure go back on your podcast and listen if you're interested. But the idea is that so often you can take a concept or a uh, sort of a paradigm or a way of looking at something, and you can you can you can label it with three letters, with one little word oftentimes. And we, uh, we, the three we've done so far, we did, we did uh, I-E-Y-E a few weeks ago on the podcast. And it was all about the I being the window of the soul and how you, you, you should try to look at people, not physically, but spiritually, try to see their eyes, see their, see their spirit, see their soul. And, and uh, we, you know, we talked about it. it. Was a lot of fun to talk about that. And then we did one on on the three letter word key K E Y, with reference to Christ. How Christ played all the key roles in mortality in in this world and in the pre mortal life and in the post mortal life. And it was just a, a way of of expressing all the variety and power and and indispensability of the roles Christ playing every key role. And then the last one we did a couple of weeks ago was, was a little different, slow, S-L-O, the, the three-letter lesson. And, and it was all about our feelings and our, our trying to grapple with the idea that, that hurry, sort of haste makes waste and hurry creates stress. And some people manage, and we're trying awfully hard to, to develop a kind of a, uh, a new way of a new attitude that slows things down and actually slows time down. And that was a lot of fun. So today, Linda, this may be even more fun because it's been one of our favorite words forever. And we think it is a three letter lesson. It's a three letter sermon almost. And the three letters are ASK, ask. ask. When you think of the word, that little three-letter word, ask, what do you think of? Wow, there's so many things. Um, that's what the Lord expects of us more than anything else. He just can't. Well, he does dump bless, blessings on us. But and unless we specifically ask so that we're part of the part of the mix that we have to work on what we're asking for, it really isn't. A word. Well, and it triggers it triggers our agency, right? Because um, God, who respects our agency and wants to bless us with everything He has, it, that's triggered by us asking, because then it's our initiative and not His. When God just gives us what we need without our asking, and certainly that sometimes happens, but that's not to respect our agency, if we ask, we've taken the initiative and it unlocks a door, it unlocks 
blessings that can come down on us. Remember Elder Lyon from our mission, honey? Yes, I do. <laughs> Maybe he's out there listening somewhere. He's a grandfather by now. I'm sure he is, but uh, this, this, is, this is a good story. Um, when we were in England as mission president, mission leaders, that's yes. what we'd like to say, uh, we and of course we did our interviews with the missionaries on a regular basis, and we had this you one did elder. The well, you, you kind of well, straight. even now was I sat leaders. outside the door yeah. and talked to them, yeah, and yeah. figured out what was we going on before they went in. Mine yeah. might have been the official one, but that, that's a, we were mission leaders. We're so glad when the church started calling it that instead of a mission president and his companion. Come on, or wife? Yeah, mission Maybe leaders. Worse. But anyway, Elder Lyon was an interesting missionary because he, you know, was supposed to be in an interview that you ask the missionaries questions. And, and Elder Lyon liked to ask me questions. <laughs> so he came in one day and he said, President Iyer, um, and by, you should know that he was kind of a, uh, I, I don't think we used the word geek in those days, but today he'd have been a geek. <laughs> he, he was a statistical, quantitative oriented guy. And, and this is before we had, this was a long time ago. This is before we could research things on Google and so on. And so it was pretty impressive that he had done the research to ask this question. He said, President, do you know what the most frequently repeated admonition in all of Scripture is? The most frequently repeated admonition. And I said, well, that's an interesting question, Elder Lyon. He said, well, what do you think it is? I said, well... I'm going to guess, I'm kind of going to hope that it, it's to love. I'm kind of going to guess that the most frequent admonition in all of Scripture has to do with loving, with love. And he got a little twinkle in his eye. I can remember this quite clearly. And he said, well, good guess. That's number two. <laughs> I said, really, what, is, what admonition are we given more often than to love in all of scripture. And he said, to ask, he said, the most frequently repeated challenge or admonition or, or advice from God to man is to ask. And, and I've tried to verify that since. And I just, this morning, Linda, it's so easy now, right? Just type right. it in the search bar for, for all the scriptures. Over 400 times in Scripture, and this is not just use of the word ask, this is an admonition, God telling us to ask over 400 times. And almost, well, I won't say almost always, but very frequently, it is coupled with the uh, promise, ask and ye shall receive. So that's pretty powerful. It's very powerful. And it doesn't only work with asking God. It works with asking in all settings. In fact, yesterday I had my first Grammy date here with one of our four grandkids who were around the corner. And um, I set out with a, a whole bunch of questions to ask her because I do this every year. And um, it was so interesting because I picked her up and then I said, I have a whole bunch of questions to ask you. We went to a restaurant that was, we walked. There's a the little way. poem who's uh, 11. 11, yeah. And she, um, it was so interesting because on the way she said, okay, great. She's great at answering these questions because we do this. 
uh, every year formally, but then uh, during the year also. But um, I said, okay, so you ask me some questions until we get to the restaurant. And she was so cute. She <laughs> asked me the best questions and she knew more about my life than probably she well, had her, her whole life. Well, her parents have tried to teach there. her to ask questions, the yeah, value they, of a good question. They have. So yeah. she, um, we, she asked me questions till we got there. And then let me just give you a little taste of what yeah, we talked about. Read, tell, tell, read the question. These are the questions Linda frequently asks. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to skip the first ones, like your favorites, favorite, this favorite, that, and so on. But then I get down to the things that really makes them dig in and think like, what are two things that you love to do or that make you happy? And really fun answers. Um, and who are your best friends right now? What are two of your gifts, things you were really good at? She came up with some really interesting ones. Something you wish you were good at, but, but you're not. Um, These are great questions. And some kids are quicker to answer them. Others, others you have to wait for a while right. and rephrase the question. What you don't want to do is just answer it for them, which is what we sometimes tend to do. Right. And then I said, what's one example of of kindness that you've done for somebody and she sat and looked out in the air for a while and she said oh there's a little boy in our room that can't get around very well he's not quite right and people kind of make fun of him and he almost fell over the other day and and he started laughing i mean the kids started laughing and i said don't laugh at him this is serious oh and she, i didn't know that that's yeah, awesome she decided that she's going to kind of take care of him in that classroom through this conversation there were so many fun things read the rest of your list about their we future have a break here three careers jobs or it's careers you might choose that were really interesting uh veterinarian was the main one oh. um, um your longest reading goal uh, what are two things you look for in your future husband or wife? That was really fun. And uh, where would you like to live if you could live anywhere in the world? What are the three things you know you will do in your life? And what is something that you will never do? And we've got a good story on that from a um, granddaughter but, that you re-interviewed once. But go back and read some of those really early questions because they're simpler but they kind of get kids talking and that's why you've got them in this order well yeah just you know? really simple things your 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 favorite color food sport movie actor game school subject new kids testament will, they'll hero. really respond to that that's really good uh new testament hero old testament hero it, interestingly i said what is your new testament hero and i said this is obvious because some somebody that's really important in the new testament she said jonah oh. because her, <laughs> her dad's name is jonah so, so she thought the I, wrong was, testament. I was leading <laughs> into it uh, favorite book of mormon hero um how are you? How do you want to contribute in your life sometime? You know, then it gets a little bit deeper and it just really is so fun to hear. Well, and you what all, they have to you say. also ask them what social media they're on and what they use the most and everything so right. that you can know how to reach out to yeah. them. That, and that and changes. That's a moving target. Right. We have to ask it every year. And she said to me this time, can we, um, can, are you going to just write this down? And then next year I can see what I said last year. And I said, yes, yeah. that's a great idea. So, yeah. I'm going to uh, type these up on my computer this afternoon. Well, let's take a brief break, and then we're going to really probe deeper on this three-letter lesson of ask. Okay? Because you, a question, a good question is a valuable thing, not only to God or to your grandkids, but think about it, to, to your family, to your friends, to strangers. It's a magic word. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back today. Um, you're probably still listening, unless we lost you for a little bit. We're talking about the word ask, A-S-K, and how important that is to all of us in our own lives, concerning God, concerning each other as spouses, our children, and our grandchildren. You know, I remember once, Linda, when I was, I was teaching at BYU for a year, and I remember a student I can't remember the context, but something about I'm just not a good conversationalist. I, I'm a little awkward. I, I don't know why we were talking about that, but I, I remember saying, you know, all you've got to do to be a good conversationalist is ask questions. Right. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to be smart on anything. You don't have to make people listen to you. You just need to ask questions. And it's any kind of question. I mean, Linda, this is with strangers. Linda's, I always like to fly with Linda because I usually sit on the aisle and she's good enough to sit in the middle. <laughs> and so there's a person on the other side and, and Linda asks the best questions. And I'm not saying you should bother people if they're trying to be, have some privacy, but, but you manage to engage people in conversation just by asking some simple things. Well, it's always fun to know where they're coming from. And sometimes it's totally serendipity because we have so much in common. But anyway, that's beside the point. I, I just, I do have to say that asking is just so fun. And we have taught that in our in our presentations for years when we're teaching well, about parenting, of, yeah. we're teaching our, you know, teach your children how to ask questions at a dinner teach them how to ask questions of people that they don't know. So we just visited one of our favorite people that have arranged things for us for a long time on these speeches last week in Kauai. And we had dinner with a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby nine-month-old. <laughs> and they made it through the whole dinner twice, two different nights. And it was astonishing how well they did. You know, that had you just like, sit down, sit down, Rennie, sit down. I mean, you, you can't, you can't get out. And he would sit down. It was a two-year-old. It was amazing. Anyway, but the so three-year-old three had been trained and, she, yeah. and they said, well, what questions would you like to ask Mr. Iyer? And she looked straight at him and they just didn't know what she was going to say. And she finally said, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she had a couple more questions as we went along. They were mortified that I, that was the question. I told her I was 100, of. by the way, and she was really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great point, Linda. You know, you can teach really young children to ask good questions, and that not only makes them a good conversationalist, even when they're small, it takes away their sort of self-consciousness. So often kids as they start to grow up and reach pre-adolescence and so on, they get really self-conscious. They sort of see the world as a set of mirrors where every, you know, they're seeing, they're seeing themselves in every situation. And if they are good at asking questions and if they've had some practice, we know parents, some of our kids with, with our grandkids practice, they'll sit down and say, okay, imagine that I'm, a dinner guest. I'm not your dad or your mom. I'm a dinner guest. What What are some questions you could ask me? And they actually rehearse it. And kids get realizing that, oh, I can, I can just ask people a question. I can ask a grown-up a question. And it's interesting. And I might learn something. 
And it's just a, it's like the most basic elementary application of this three letter, letter lesson of ask, just ask. Yeah. It's, it's a really powerful word. And, you know, let's expand it a little, Linda. So we've talked a little about asking strangers, asking grandkids, um, asking, asking your own children, even grown children. Uh, we, we did it. You can sometimes do it in writing. We did a survey not long ago asking our children how, several questions about how involved they wanted us to be with their kids. And it was really interesting, the answers we got back. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. But but it's also, you know, you can ask uh, questions to mentors, ask questions to people you admire. That's an interesting thing that a lot of people don't realize is if you if you want to get to know someone and you think, oh, they're a little too important for me, they're they're beyond me, I can't, I can't offer anything to them. If you ask them a couple of questions, particularly if you ask them for advice, I remember once as a young man in New York City where I had served my mission and my mission was coming to an end and there were several individuals there that I'd really come to admire. Some of them were corporate CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. I mean, they were busy, busy people. But I learned, I can't remember if someone told me this or if I just chanced on it, but I found if I called them up and said, you know, I admire you and I just, I'd like to ask your advice on a couple of things. They would clear their calendar and let me come in. Because think about it, when you ask someone for advice, that's a form of really sincere flattery. I mean, you're basically saying... I look up to you. Will you give me some advice? And people are prone to do that. So you can ask, you can use the three-letter word ask, three-letter lesson on, on mentors, on people you admire. It's just a useful word. And let's swing back around to the most important thing and the scriptural admonition to ask God. What kind of questions do we ask in our prayers? Are they general? You know, please bless my family and keep us safe and so on. How specific do they get? How, how thoughtful are the questions that we're asking God? That's, that's a, that's a self-examination I want to do more of. It really is. Um, Be careful what, for what you ask, because you will get it too. You have to remember that. And there, there are downsides to ask. I mean, sometimes if you have a two-year-old and they ask you the same question 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if they get into the how or the, or the why. Why? You know, why? They'll say, that's your question. And you give them an answer. And they say, why? And you give them an answer. And they say, why? And you give them an answer. And they say, why? Yeah, yeah. And you finally get to, I don't know, honey, because God made it that way. And then they say, Why? <laughs> <laughs> but and also the another one of the downsides for me is to ask people for favors. You know, I am so cautious about not hurting people. Yeah, you are. Now. You're you're probably too and I would not, not ask, ask people to take care of the things that I needed to have taken care of when I couldn't do it. But sometimes that's a wonder. Sometimes that's and, an yeah, opportunity for that is. person. People yeah. like to be asked. For help, right? You know they do. But you're right. I wonder why that is. That you're, you just don't want to impose on anyone, even slightly. You don't want to, you know. Well, that's 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 analogous analogous to our little thing that we 
Here's a little one question personality test. If you walked into a play or a drama and there were only two seats left in the house and one was off to the side and had partial view because it was behind a post. The other one was right in the middle of the theater, a great seat, but you had to, you had to climb over people. You had to walk in a row to get a there. A lot of people. Which yeah. one would you take? And Linda would sit behind the post. I would sit behind the post. And Richard, for sure, would just charge on past Well, I'd be polite people. about it. I'd say, excuse me, and I'd try to be quick. But well, I'd still get the good seat. It's good for you, who you listeners, <laughs> to think about where you where you fall on this. Because I just realized in doing this family history at, this week that I'm like my dad. Because he yeah, would never yeah, ask true. anybody a favor. And I, the whole the story was about we're married to the cows because we we never went anywhere or did anything with as a family because we had cows that we had to milk morning and night. We had to be there yeah, morning and they night. They set your schedule. And for years and years. And then I wrote about one trip that we took to Yellowstone. That's the only one I can remember when I was a child because he and we had friends and neighbors, but they had their own stuff to do. He would never ask them to. Can you take milk the cows and take care of the pigs and chickens yeah, and all that? Yeah, you know, he was yeah. would not do that. Well, it's that it's that it's that ethic or that ethos of self-reliance and. And, and we all applaud that, right? Right. We, we all think, oh, it's great. You're so independent. You don't really need anyone. You take care of yourself. But that can really go too far, you know? And sometimes, and, and I think when you do ask for a favor, it's best if you're very forward and blunt and, and sincere about it. I mean, I'd like to ask you for a favor, you know? Don't manipulate someone or... or you know, figure out some reason why they should help you. Just, just ask if you need a favor, ask for it. Now, oh, I that's so of, hard for me. Though. I know some of you are thinking, wow, this is, this is maybe a little, and, and sometimes there's a downside. I mean, you, you know, we've asked you, this makes you smile to think about, but you can all identify with this. Sometimes you ask someone a question and you're there for the next two hours, you know, like, <laughs> well, tell me a little about yourself. Okay. And then, you know, you're, you're so different people, I guess you have to sort of monitor how you ask and so on. But generally, I'm just going to say this generally, I don't like one size fits all things, but generally we, we ask to, we, we don't ask enough. I mean, there, for every person that errs on the side of asking too many questions, and there are some kids like that, <laughs> There are a dozen who don't ask enough questions. And and isn't it interesting, Linda, we'll occasionally meet someone or go to dinner with a couple or something, and we're all done and we're on our way back home and we say, you know, what's interesting, they didn't ask us one single question. <laughs> and that's true. And there are people who just grow up in a yeah. culture and their family or whatever where they don't they don't ask questions. And sometimes you just have to think <laughs> back on conversations like that and and wonder, you know, did I dominate the conversation or did I ask enough questions that it was pretty equal? You know, well, usually that's, that's what it is. You've asked them a lot of questions. And in a way, I like that. I like to go to dinner with someone and come back and say, we learned 20 things about those people. They right. didn't learn one about us. And that's fine. You know, we that's what we were yeah. there for. Yeah. But I always feel a little bad for them. That's it's just interesting to observe. Yeah. 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 So ask questions. The value of a question, someone someone said, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, 
answers are a dime a dozen. Answers are ubiquitous in our tech society. Um, you can Google any question and get an instant answer. Um, the, the difference is, are you able to ask a good question? Are you able to frame? Are you able, you know, a good thinker is not someone who has a lot of answers. A good thinker is someone who has the right question at the right time. And that you could even give scientific examples, right? Those who make discoveries are the ones that ask the right question. Entrepreneurs who form the most fruitful companies are people who ask the right question. How do we, how do we meet this need? Or what does this person want? Or where is the niche in the market? And it's the question that really matters. It's true. Some people don't like questions because if they're well, unresolved, they feel some people don't ask religious questions. They, oh, if I ask a question, someone will think I don't have faith or someone will think I, I'm a doubter. Well, come on. Questions, even if they do convey doubt, are the beginning of learning. They're the beginning of study. Right. And the beginning of perspective. I mean, think of how fun it is to come away from a dinner party learning so many interesting things about the people that you were just with. Yeah. It gives you a whole different perspective. And I just realized that we had that, we did this radio show last week. And then the day after, we took this helicopter ride uh, in Kauai. We went no, over we Kauai in a helicopter. Talk about it last time. And it, it was so amazing to change our perspective completely as we, you know, we'd been on the ground for a few days and then to be up in the air, looking down at this gorgeous scenery, it changed your whole, changed my whole perspective, not only just of that day, but of the world and the wonders of the world. And I think that's what kind of what asking does. It changes your perspective. Of Ooh, that's a good place. People that you're talking to and, and trying to understand, maybe even people that you had, an argument with and finally understanding that just your whole perspective changes. That's a great place to end, Linda. That's a wonderful way to think about it. Like in your head is a certain amount of perspective and knowledge and awareness, but every, every person has their own head and has different information in there. And people provide access to everything, to all perspectives and, and what we ought to all do is get better at asking the right questions. And let us end where we began. The most important application is to ask God. 400 times we're admonished in Scripture to ask. And the promises that we'll receive. So we hope we've given you something to think about. It's made us think about a lot of things, too. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye till then. 